0: Hey, everyone. Good morning. Happy Tuesday, February 14th, actually Wednesday, February 14th, Valentine's Day. I don't know why I associate that with a Tuesday. It just seems like a Tuesday kind of holiday. Um, Happy Valentine's Day from the Plant-Based Morning Show, from the Outlier Health Podcast, which is what we now are. Uh, I've been getting the episodes up nice and on time, so get over to that Outlier Health Podcast if you are uh, a live listener, and you'll hear them at the same time, or basically, same day. So that's, that's a win. Uh, you could even stop coming live if you want, but you shouldn't do that. We want you want you' live adds to the liveliness of the show. And uh, looks like I went live on my personal Instagram again. So hello, high school friends. Maybe even a <laughs> high school teacher. We'll see. <clears throat> All right, uh, Doug is now here.
1: Hey, Matt. Good. It's you? going 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 well. Happy Valentine's Day to you and to all of our lovely listeners.
0: Yes. Uh, thank you. You too, Doug. Um, any big plans for today? You mentioned yesterday some sort of family family event tonight. Yeah,
1: we're gonna and my mom's gonna come over. All my all the ladies who are an active part of my life are uh, are gonna be here. So we'll have a nice little Valentine's Day dinner. Surprised yes. everyone with flowers this morning, so that was nice.
0: What kind of burritos are you cooking up?
1: <laughs> we're doing chili. No, oh. uh, no burritos tonight.
0: Okay, you'll still oh, get some chili powder in there. Oh yeah. Some definitely. cumin. The traditional mm-hmm. Tex-Mex spices will be in there. Even, might even,
1: might uh, even put it inside a tortilla. Or I'll, I'll definitely have tortilla <laughs> chips.
0: <laughs> Maybe serve over a bed of rice, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> sprinkle, sprinkle yeah. with some cheese and wrap it uh, up.
1: Okay. Yeah. Good. Then we're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> Great. It's, good uh chili, but it's also a burrito.
0: Again, okay, best of best of all worlds there. All right, good. Well, I was mistaken yesterday when I said that we had two soccer practices to go to we only have one. So because oh. of that, we will manage some sort of good dinner. Uh oh. just maybe eaten in segments, but we'll see. Should be should be a good time.
1: <laughs> just eaten <eating laughs> individually. Uh will you all go to the soccer practice together? That's the question. Uh
0: no, we won't do that because um, our friends, our, my wife's aunt and uncle, are coming back today. Uh, so okay. we'll have guests. We can't can't be doing that. Even if even if they weren't, I don't know if we'd so all go to practice. It's just you know why why would why why send two people to that job when when one person uh, can get it done? Uh, all right. Mr. Jeffrey points out that's a lot of beans for Valentine's Day, Doug. That yeah. is a good point, <laughs> Mr. Jeffrey. <laughs> Not the most romantic uh, of foods, maybe chili, but you know if you cook it right, you do it well. Any food could be romantic, even the humble chili. <laughs> uh, good morning, Mr. Jeffrey Kelly K. Ali Britters, Matt O'Connor, Annie Amato, who I haven't seen in a little while. Uh, D one to know adventure coach. Good morning, everybody. Um, for those keeping track, I had a I had a passable sleep last night. Slept about seven All hours right. in in eight hours in bed. About so.
1: Okay. When was that decent. hour
0: of non-sleep? It was it was spread in the beginning of the night. I had a little bit of trouble getting to sleep, and then I had uh I had like a half an hour maybe of wake up time in the night. So that's really not so bad. Yeah, Doug has walked not, away.
1: That's not okay. too bad. I'm back.
0: No, it, it isn't compared to what was happening the last week and the week before that. Uh it really it feels like I have my life back a little bit. So it's been two nights in a row of like pretty good sleep. Uh I have avoided alcohol the past two nights. So significant hmm. data point, maybe. I've been sort of in denial that that would actually make a difference with sleep, but uh, two for two so far in it in it helping. So we'll see.
1: You know we um, we haven't we don't talk very much about alcohol these days, but I have significantly no, we, reduced we the amount of alcohol I drink. You told me that.
0: I think I think that's probably yeah. why uh, why we don't talk about it as much. Because... <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's good. That's fantastic. I I'd love to reduce more than I. I wouldn't say i have i did and then i started went back to normal again mm-hmm. um I, I really like the weekend drinking and not even like not as a strict rule like don't yeah. drink on weeknights do on weekends uh but you know that that amount that rhythm that that'd be pretty good I enjoy it. yeah
1: yeah and and same like I, I think that's a great rhythm and um i don't i don't ever have any plans to give up alcohol entirely and mm-hmm. nor did i mean just not something that is appealing to me at, at the moment. Cause I think it, it's just too good, it's, it's too good. And I don't know, <laughs> and uh, you know, I just, I like the social aspect. I, I like, I like all the things about alcohol, um, yeah. except for, I, I just have really enjoyed not drinking nearly as much of it. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I like the way that makes me feel too. So uh,
0: yeah, know. yeah, definitely. So we'll, we'll see. I, I hope, uh, like I said, to join you in drinking less Especially if I, if I found that, that that fixed my sleep, I, I mean, no questions asked, I'll, I would just be done drinking. Maybe not forever because my thinking is you have to drink it now and then it won't set me into a bad pattern. But I think if alcohol is to blame for my sleep problems, mm-hmm. it's because I'm predisposed to bad sleep. A little bit of drinking, you know, causes a little bit of wake up, leads me to sleep in later, leads to the conditioning of the wrong sleep patterns. And then I've suddenly got 11 hour times in beds where I'm only sleeping six hours. Yeah. uh so that's you know you can imagine it be okay but like i said i'd i'd be i'd be happy to stop drinking if uh if it helped me sleep britter says she's been sober for four years now and sleep like a rock no hate to those who enjoy it though i saw she put yesterday that she uh she is a non-drinker hmm. and despite all that coffee all the barats i don't know how much she drinks after she grinds it with her barazza, but <laughs> but uh it's obviously not affecting her sleep so there you go uh what else? Doug, anything else before we jump in? We do have kind of a long weather report and then an interesting topic today. So, um, might not hurt to just jump in. Should we do yeah.
1: it? Uh, well, I, you know, I just want to say that, um, if, uh, if you attended live, thank everybody who attended live the webinar last night with Dr. Khan, that was a big success. I would mm-hmm. say Good. several hundred people joined us live, which was cool. Um, you can still watch the replay. You go to that same link, nomadathlete.com slash con energy. Yep. Um, you can sign up and, and we'll send you the replay. Um, but uh, yeah, it was very good. Good conversation good. about sleep, about energy, about all kinds of all that stuff. And alcohol. They talked a little bit about alcohol.
0: I think we talked about alcohol when Khan was on our morning show that one day. Uh, hmm. Yeah, he's he's, he, he's not an alcohol drinker. He does drink alcohol. I think he recommends a small amount, but I've, I've seen him. saw him hold up a bottle of Italian wine when he was on stage at the vegan cruise mm-hmm. and said, this, this can be good for you or can, can be part of a healthy life. And that's good. I like to hear that. Cool. All right, good. Uh, let's jump in. We got some good stuff today. Starting off just in time for Valentine's day. PETA has announced that in Baltimore, Charm City, uh, today at noon, which is only 50 minutes from now, uh, there's going to be a couple in bed <laughs> on Charles Plaza, uh, which I don't know exactly where it is. I know what Charles Street is. I think I know what Charles Plaza is. Um, And it's, it's a bed and it is adorned with messages that says vegans make better lovers. And then the PETA logo. And it's two people that appear to be, I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure what parts they're covering up or what, what they're naked underneath. The guy at least has no shirt on. They both have hearts over their over their upper, their torsos. So who knows what they're wearing, but um, yeah. And they're just there hanging out, I guess. And they're giving out lint chocolates. So that's kind of good. I don't know if they don't say anything about passing out uh, literature or anything, but we just saw yesterday this news about the the uh, prostate, for, for male prostate cancer patients, I guess that's all prostate cancer patients, uh, they have improved sexual health and I think urinary function, so uh, if they eat a plant-based diet compared to a heavy animal diet, so that's good, kind of backs up what we already knew about plant-based diets, PETA does mention that here, they say uh, animal-derived products can clog the arteries to every organ, not just the heart, so that is... Uh, how they how they deal with that issue uh so hopefully that will be discussed at the bed but it's it's just a little weird this bed scene in in baltimore city i don't i don't know just i mean that's the point
1: though right i mean it's supposed to be weird that is a couple in bed in the middle of the street
0: right and that's what peter does they do weird attention getting things Mm -hmm. you just I, i feel like nowadays with the with the conversation being so charged between vegans and carnivores it just seems like it's a way to like get in a fight or something or just like asking for an incident to happen. And maybe they don't mind if an incident does happen. Well, if nobody's actually harmed. Better
1: uh, better press, exactly. <laughs> more, it press. might,
0: it might be better, but it just seems, I don't know. You just go in the city and, and do that. And start pushing your diet on people. I don't know. I wouldn't want to be the one doing that.
1: Yeah. I, uh, uh, I was, I was, I'm glad we brought this up, Matt, because I was so disappointed as I was making the, um, making the thumbnail yesterday that we didn't save the erections uh, story for Valentine's day. It would have been a perfect yeah. fit.
0: It would have been a perfect fit. I wonder if so. yeah, I Wonder if they time that, that research to come out, but it, it is all over the news today. It, it was a little early oh, yesterday. It is. Yeah. Okay. Today, everybody's got it. So we scooped that one. All right, <laughs> moving on. Uh, we've been excited about cultivated meat saying maybe it's the solution to this whole UPF process meat process, fake meats thing that we're going to talk about later today. Um, But some bad news. I wasn't aware of the first part of this news. The the newest part of the news is that cultivated meat company Upside Foods, their partnership with Bar Kren in San Francisco, uh, that's Dominique Kren's Michelin star chef. She's a Michelin star chef. That's one of her locations. Uh, That has come to an end, that partnership. They're no longer serving the cultivated meat there. It had been available to 16 people per month in one-ounce portions, uh, which is very similar to what was happening at the Jose Andres restaurant, Chino Chicano in Washington, D.C., That one has also, it's been pulled there, uh, the cultivated chicken from, I think that's good meats uh, version of it. Uh, That's been pulled. So it's hard to tell if this was like planned and, you know, they got to kind of keep things fresh and keep the menu changing for whatever this small, you know, expensive experience is. I don't know. So the upside food says we've wrapped up our dinner series and are taking our chicken on the road. Uh, they've teased that they're working hard on next gen larger scale products pending regulatory approval. Um, but the article writes, so this said so this is sort of a the latest blow to the to the cultivated meat industry. So who who's saying know. it's
1: the latest blow? Like is that the article just is kind food of
0: dive, yeah, fooddive.com, which is like an industry huh. thing. And they're not they're not against cultivated meat largely. They're just they're just impartial from what I
1: can tell. Yeah, you. I would love to know if uh if if they couldn't sell 16 portions. A month because um, that would be pretty bad uh, you'd think that a right. party of four just a couple of parties of four who all wanted to give it a try would would wipe you out pretty quickly um right. so i wonder if this is planned or 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 what but um it's
0: just yeah, it hard just to planned. imagine if it was just smashing success it's hard to imagine that it would just be gone from both restaurants with no real word about what's next no hype yeah. like it's going away but it's Gonna come back in this larger form, full menu in a few months. Like it, I don't know, it just kind of sounds like a quiet shuddering of a trial. Uh, and we've seen a few of those, so I know what they look like.
1: Looking at you, Taco Bell Nacho
0: Cheese, yes, and Panda Express, Beyond Panda Orange Express and KFC Nuggets. <laughs> the list goes on and on. <laughs> uh, it's hard, I mean could, could is it is possible that they were shocked at how little people wanted this or how much skepticism people viewed this with? Well, I mean, they, they, of course they would have done market research and found that there was some sort of appetite for this, but maybe this, the climate has shifted so fast, the political and you know, this, this, whatever you call this ideological climate has shifted so fast that like suddenly people have gone totally off the, like against all pr- n- unnatural foods. And they're saying this is the most unnatural of foods in some way. Uh, I don't know i um, i wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of what happened
1: i just like i don't know i don't know because the, these are two two restaurants that aren't cheap right like yeah. they're they're kind of high-end restaurants in two random cities like there couldn't have been that much pr around this right like i mean we talked about it when it happened mm-hmm. but like do you think that your average person in dc has any idea that this is no, available pro- probably not yeah so you know which is different than the nacho cheese or or whatever where it's like plastered all over their menu um and and that kind of thing it's the kind of you know it's an upscale restaurant so like i just like if this is how they're trying to roll it out and convince people that it's worth trying and all that stuff like it's not i mean they're not gonna have that much success right so but surely they can get 16 people to try it a month i would think it's only been a couple months available two of the people who would try it are, are talking right now and i imagine some of our audience would as well so like
0: you're right. Yeah. There are a lot of people who would try it, right? I mean, so it, it seems a little strange and it's, it's not like high-end restaurants is the ultimate use case for right, this. Right. So maybe it truly is just a trial that ended and that was the first phase and now there's more coming. So we'll see. Who knows? Lo- obviously lots of investment going into it and uh, lots of lots of legal uh, talk about it. So it's a big deal. It's not going away yet by any means, uh, yeah. but just, I don't know. We'll see. All right. On to some familiar type of news: Revo Foods and their plant-based salmon. Uh, they've been sued, but in Austrian in Austria, and a court there has dismissed the lawsuit. Uh, it was brought by the Vienna City Council, and it was based on the labeling of their plant-based salmon. The lawsuit claimed that the product, which is named Revo Salmon 100% plant-based with pea protein, could mislead customers, consumers, into thinking it contained real salmon. Uh, but, of course, the court rejected it. I put the picture here in the plan, Doug. We didn't have it on the thing. You could share it if yeah, you wanted. Trying, but...
1: I'm trying to pull it up, but it's not. Uh, for some reason, it's not showing that screen. Okay. Um, but I will it, pull it up.
0: Yeah. It, it, not a huge deal. I mean, we can read it. it. It says in large print, Revo Salmon, with no asterisk or qualifiers or anything in that font anyway. Right below it, in a font that's maybe I uh, I don't know, a fifth of the size, it says 100% plant-based with pea protein. But mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know, like, to me, you, you kind of could miss this. And I started, I, I can't believe we haven't asked this before. Is the customer expected to read every word on the front of the package? No. No, right? So if you read the, I mean, you, you're supposed to read the largest thing. How much are you expected to read after that? I don't know. It says salmon. It looks like salmon. There's a little window to see the picture of the, mm-hmm. you know, to see the product through there.
1: There's pictures of fish.
0: There are pictures of fish. It does say plant-based and vegan at the bottom and a little banner kind of ribbon thing. I mean, and, and there's a
1: vegan, a vegan logo thing on the right.
0: I don't even see that.
1: The yellow. Oh, you might, oh, you're looking at a different one. I, I have one on the okay. screen. This is from the website. Oh, okay. Um yeah, I mean, right? Like this is the problem that I, you know, I was kind of uh complaining about the other day when I was in the grocery store and I'm I was looking for something. And I just uh like you read Revo salmon and you see, I mean you see salmon, right? You don't see the 100% percent plant based pea protein, like if you're just scanning the aisle or whatever, like that's what you see. Of course, if you dig a little deeper, it's pretty obvious. It says it everywhere that it's plant-based, that it's vegan, um, made with pea protein. Like it, it but I, I do understand why people will have some problem. And that's why, you know, I think that the like chicken misspelled or, you know, all that kind of things that people do, um, that just misspell it or put a little apostrophe, like that catches you a little bit. It's It's just way more obvious that like, it doesn't yeah. actually say the word chicken and it says chick dash in, you know, it's, it's just way more, obviously there's something a little bit different. So I, you know, I kind of get it. I kind of, I kind of get the the problem.
0: Yeah. it You know, to me, like there shouldn't be any word of the package that you could read and say, based on what I just read in, in that word or two, I think this is meat. Like the, the, it says salmon. It ready. It, it, and it's not that it's, you could say it's a fish-like substance or a mm-hmm. apostrophe in the word salmon somehow uh but it, you know it says it is salmon and that's that's weird to me i know when it says burger it's a little different when it says yep. sausage even that's maybe different because mm-hmm. you, could, you could make a sausage out of veggies perhaps uh, right. depending on your definition but it's salmon that's fish. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, i think I, there's a
1: difference I, between like uh like the name of an animal right mm-hmm. chicken right salmon Versus uh, something like bacon or sausage or, or burger, you know, that, you know, that is more uh, milk, you know, that is, that is just talking about a type of thing is, is very different than, right. than naming an actual animal.
0: Yeah. So you have to imagine there'll be some lines drawn there and they'll, they'll in different countries, you're going to do different things, obviously, but they'll say what terms like that are okay. Then you get some like beef, that's not the name of an animal anymore. That is mm-hmm. now the name of a food that comes from animals. So can you have can you have plant based beef? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but I, I would assume whatever that whatever the line is drawn, the actual name of the animal, it's probably going to be on the on the vor side of that line, uh, not the vegan side, in my opinion. So I, I think I, I don't know. I don't know why they so quickly threw this one out. Maybe because mm-hmm. it's Austria and people are are very pro vegan right now over there. It seems. So anyway, well, I'm sure we'll have many more of these stories to come. They always pop up. Uh, but that's the latest. Uh, Califia Farms, who we, we know as a, I don't know if they're new to the plant-based milk space. I know they've had it recently. Uh, I'm not sure how new, new they no, are. No, they're not new. They've always been doing to plant-based milks for a long time? I
1: think so, for a long okay. time, yeah.
0: Uh, well, anyway, they've got a new one now that is designed to match the nutritional profile of dairy milk with 50% less sugar. So blend of chickpea, fava bean, pea protein. They're trying to match amino acids here. They uh, have nine grams of protein, all nine essential amino acids. And, uh, you know, kind of interesting, I guess, that they're actually trying to match milk here because we're constantly reading about how if you were to drink plant milk and replace your dairy milk with it directly, you're going to be losing out on some nutrients. So they're, I guess, trying to uh, trying to get in front of that criticism. Yeah. Um, all right. Selva Ingredients, a Brazilian startup, uh, has just raised a bunch of money. The only thing that's interesting about this is that it is for cultivated pork fat, uh, which they say they can grow in 21 days, not 24 months like traditional hmm. pork fat takes. Uh, and the other part of this that I like, the reason I included this is because it relates to our later discussion. Uh, their fats can be customized to be healthier through a non-GMO modulation process. Uh, that means less saturated fat and anti-inflammatory, anti and better digestibility features. So... Oh, by the way, they're also developing oils and olive oils using plant cells. So they're doing what we talked about yesterday, which is cultivating of plant foods, just growing them in a faster, more efficient format, and one that allows them to mess with the nutrition of them. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, at first, this sounds awful. It sounds like... like I mean, it, it does say non-GMO, but I, I mean, whenever I've heard about this stuff before, like, it, it is genetic modification. Is the way that they are doing the, pre- the precision fermentation stuff. This must be different because it's cultivated meat, Um, and for those who don't know, cultivated means cell cultivated, where they're taking the actual pig cells to start this fat growing process. Uh, I don't know, like you start messing with that and you make it in some way better than actual animal fat, as far as health goes, at least sort of uh, up close. Uh, is this good though, Doug? Like, is, is that, is this um, the path towards like the ultimate science domination of nutrition? And like, it has actually figured out how to, how to make food healthy. Or is this just like another another you know dead end and and industry getting too their hands too much in the in the food?
1: I don't know. Great question. You know, I think that I like I do see this is the future of cultivated meat and cultivated animal products in general. Is them kind of bioengineering a, a version that's a little bit uh, a little bit healthier and cleaner, and they can kind of tweak the recipe to to be that. And I guess I guess you have that with. Uh well, you don't really have that, but you know, when you go to the store and you grab ground beef or whatever, you have the different fat ratios. Right. Um, so you can kind of choose that. But uh I don't know. I mean, I think the more they do this, the more problems they're gonna run into in the future of people just wanting the natural thing. So um yeah. I don't know. I don't know, hard to say.
0: Yeah, it is. Well, we'll revisit that in a minute, uh, in the context of uh plant based mm. meats, the non cultivated kind. Uh, But let's get this weather report done. Uh, It's Valentine's Day. So we got another cocoa update yesterday. I told you that the prices were uh, really high. In this case, 65% higher than they were just a year ago. Uh, It's a 46-year high. I think I had said, 70 years. I don't know what stat I saw. But anyway, um, they're saying the prices aren't necessarily... This price impact is not going to be felt by consumers who buy chocolate until likely Thanksgiving or Christmas, which I, I would imagine there's a ramp up in chocolate purchases around Christmas. Um, and that's because, you know, the inventory, the products are already made, they're on shelves. So that this most recent spike is not going to affect, uh, costs in a little while. But mm. after that, they're saying rather than this expert Spooner, I don't know his first name, Matt Spooner, uh, who apparently is an expert in this stuff. Uh, he thinks they're going to actually reformulate products or downsize the products and otherwise change the ingredients to, so they don't have to raise the prices too much. So you'll be able to still get a Hershey bar for whatever Hershey bar costs a dollar 50. I don't know. Uh, but it's going to be smaller. So that could oh. be good. People are going to eat less chocolate, maybe for per dollar. Less sugar. Less maybe. Sugar. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Oh yeah. I forgot. Chocolate is a whole a health food, right? Maybe by itself.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I don't, if you're eating a Hershey bar, I don't, well, I guess yeah, Hershey bar is, but if you're eating a Snickers or something like that, I don't know that, uh, chocolates, <laughs> the, you know, the cocoa is, is really the problem. Um, mm, i went so i went into cbs yesterday i was trying to buy some of those like little candy vegan heart things for the girls today but mm-hmm. yep. you know they they taste terrible but i thought it'd be a fun little <laughs> valentine's day yeah, thing yeah that is fun yeah and um and, and cbs had changed all of their chocolates all of their you know everything over to easter already and so oh. you couldn't eat, so, i mean there was like a tiny little bin of of like uh hershey hershey hearts or something like that maybe kisses or something something that isn't vegan that i didn't get but um, I was disappointed. They already already on Easter
0: mode. Why would they turn it over? Isn't that like I mean, that's got to be the biggest sales day of the year? Is the day before not the, the biggest Valentine's sales day of the Valentine season? Must be the day before Valentine's Day right. when everyone's rushing to get the stuff.
1: I don't know. Maybe they were already out.
0: Maybe they maybe they underestimated, it, ran out way too early, and then they said we just got to shift shift to Easter. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: But I couldn't get candy hearts.
0: Couldn't get candy hearts. Man, you're like one of those uh, dads in that Turbo Man movie, uh, jingle all the way. where You can't get the can't get the right stuff for the holiday. And you turn out to be a disappointing <laughs> I, father. I know. Wow. I
1: had to okay. had to offer locally grown tulips instead.
0: <laughs> that's that's good. It's very nice. Uh, I heard a joke with tulips as the punchline. What kind of flowers give kisses on Valentine's Day or something? Tulips. 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 Oh, that's good. One. I think. I think that's not quite a joke, but it's something like that. (laughs) Uh, Okay, last bit of news here. Uh, There's been another vegan restaurant closing. I I mean, not closing, adding of meat and dairy to the menu. I don't know how often this is actually happening. It was a big news, I think, last week, maybe it was two weeks ago. Um, Now it's happened again in Richmond at Fresca on Addison. I'm guessing this is happening more than just the times we're we're hearing it reported. Uh, I'm also guessing that whoever, you know, told the press about this, maybe, maybe saw the opportunity to get a bunch of attention like the guy did last week. Yeah. He did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe the newspaper saw the opportunity to get their story picked up. So they wanted to write about it. I don't know. Cause it doesn't really sound that newsworthy to me that the vegan restaurant has added meat and dairy. Uh, but it has happened again. Uh, it's a place that that was vegan. They're keeping the vegan menu, but to their pizzas and they have some pizzas in a brick oven. They're adding meat options such as pepperoni and sausage, as well as dairy cheese. And they do plan on adding some sandwiches and things like that. So there you go. More uh more evidence that, that there's a, kind of a shift going on. Uh and, and maybe towards one that's a little less separated and there's vegans and omnivores mixing happily and all restaurants have lots of options for each. Who knows? That's the holding
1: hands, singing <laughs> yeah. kumbaya maybe around a half a vegan menu. Um I got a question for you, Matt.
0: Okay. What do you got?
1: Put your I want I want you to we're gonna do a little role playing here okay um, great. <laughs> you're a vegan you're a vegan restaurant owner okay you've been uh having you've had this restaurant for three years struggling to get business but you know you you have your loyal vegan customers you're known around town as the vegan restaurant spot mm-hmm. um and you're happy with that and you like that but you just can't keep it afloat you have you feel like you're forced your hand has been forced to add um, meat and dairy to the menu um, or shutter the doors entirely. And, and you don't want to do that cause you love your restaurant. You love your customers, right? Okay. So here you are, you have made the decision. You're going to add meat and dairy. Are you going to keep the same restaurant or why not just like rebrand? Cause everybody yeah, knows a, you as the vegan restaurant, you know, right? Point. So like your omnivore people aren't going to, um, aren't, aren't going to get stoked on, on your restaurant because they think of it's the yep. vegan restaurant, you know, and they've always ignored that restaurant. So what if you just rebranded? You know, you can keep the decor. You can keep pretty much everything. We just have a new name now. You have a new menu that's still mostly vegan, but includes some of this other stuff. And people think, oh, hey, there's this new pizza spot. Let's go try it out. And it turns out it's just real vegan friendly. That's what I would do. I would rebrand. I wouldn't become a vegan restaurant that adds meat and dairy. I would become a new restaurant.
0: I like that, Doug. I think that's great advice. Uh, Fantastic financial planning advice, uh, financial fiduciary, Advice from you. Uh so anyone who's who is involved in restaurants should listen to that advice, I think. Uh yeah, I actually agree. I think you're gonna you you might attract the omnivore customers who you might have had trouble getting before, because they just still, even if they heard about it adding me a few options, it's not gonna be that exciting. Mm -hmm. So you're not gonna get omnivores this way, not many of them, but you would with a rebrand. Would you lose your vegan customers by rebranding? I don't think so. Cause they would just show up to eat and then realize it's a new restaurant. They'd look at the menu and they'd say, Oh, okay. They still have a lot of vegan stuff. I'll still eat here. Except for a few who wouldn't because there's omnivore food there now, but they wouldn't have come back anyway.
1: Yeah. So
0: yeah, I think you're right. I think it's totally right. You should email these people and ask to like do marketing consulting for them. Tell me to write their emails too. <laughs> so services, maybe, maybe this is, maybe I have a whole new
1: business, uh, Maybe I leave compliment, leave the plant-based morning show, start a whole new business of converting vegan restaurants into omnivore restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll go. I'd
0: banned from everyone. Everyone would hate me. Hey, listen, I wouldn't. If you made it to the omnivores and vegans more peacefully coexisted, I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I also, Thanks, You know, man. you also might get less uh, hate from your former vegan clientele because some of them might not realize that you were the same one and all you did was, you know, change sides a little bit and um, went – went soft in the spine and just decided to start having having meat at your restaurant. Uh, cause this, this guy says it's been a difficult, it's been difficult to stay in business selling only vegan. It's been a moment of deep reflection and decision-making. Uh, we wouldn't be able to pay our staff, but he did say that they were getting some flack from, from some of the people. Uh, well,
1: I'm sure. Yeah
0: people are getting but if, if you did a
1: rebrand so it, like i mean i guess there there would still be people who would see through it of course but like a lot of vegans get real excited when there's a new restaurant that opens up that it has a vegan menu you know mm-hmm. like a, a whole vegan section or is it super vegan friendly like i get excited about that all the time and so you know if now you can feel like um this new spot that is opening up that's super vegan forward
0: mm-hmm.
1: you you win the vegans over i mean of course like the ones who who already know you and Love the restaurant. We'll be disappointed. But
0: Uh, This sounds eerily similar to to changing something called a plant-based morning show into an Outlier Health podcast, Doug. Is there anything else going on here that I don't know about?
1: (laughs) I mean, you know, what if, (laughs) say you have this really great podcast that people love, that people are dedicated to, they show up every day. There's this loyal group of people, but we're just not growing at the rate that we would really like (laughs) to be growing at. And on the other side, we have this other feed that people are already subscribed to. <laughs> <laughs> they already live there. You know, what if we're able to mm, just okay. softly convert whatnot? No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sure sounds like you've thought about this before. <laughs> All right, scrolling down though on the article on Richmond.com is something that I saw yesterday but did not include in the story. Uh, and that's that. At in Richmond, Hopcraft Pizza named one of the best vegan pizzas in the U.S. by PETA, who had a list of 10 vegan pizzas. And I thought, when I go to Richmond next, which every now and then I do for soccer reasons, uh, I need to go to this. It's the Hopcraft Pizza and Beer. And when I saw what the pizza was, I became less interested in So listen to this. This is up your alley, I think. The Pickleback Pizza, it's called. So they have a vegan pizza, and it's, I don't think it's a vegan place. It's just a vegan pizza. And their vegan pizza is this, house-made red sauce. Utterless plant-based cheese, that's a brand, Utterless. I don't know that, but there is one. Dill pickles, soy chorizo, and a swirl of hot pepper relish on a white sesame seed crust.
1: Ah, yes, please. You <laughs> give me, give me. think that pretty good? Yeah, it sounds great.
0: Even the pickles?
1: I mean, I mean I like it pickles. sounds unusual, but uh I would definitely try it.
0: Yeah. Well, the reason I would try it is because it got this thing. I think if I saw that on the menu and I didn't have there was no hype around it. I'm pretty sure there's no way I'd get that pizza because I would say that's, that's just too much terrible stuff. I mean, I mean a terrible combination of stuff, but I'm guessing it's really, really good because it, because it got this.
1: Mm-hmm. Kate said uh, that's a hamburger trying to be a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds <Kate's... about> right. <laughs>
0: yeah, it is. So anyway, if I get to Richmond, I will give that one a try and I will report back.
1: British is on board. Same up pickles. Um, <laughs> uh did you see this kind of a side note but uh, related to the to the vegan restaurant uh and a very successful vegan restaurant i assume uh just because it's hard to get a reservation plant our favorite my favorite i think our favorite national maybe yep um james seller sellers the chef
0: that's not the chef i know jason Jason Sellers.
1: Jason Sellers. Yes. Yep. Jason um, yep. was uh, nominated for a James Beard Award, Best Chef Southeast.
0: Oh, wow. Good for him. Um,
1: so that's cool. Best Chef, uh, Vegan Restaurant. Awesome. Very good.
0: He has a few recipes in the No Made Athlete original book. He contributed three recipes to that back when Plant was a tiny little establishment. Uh, and I asked him to do that, and he did. Right.
1: So that'd we be great. You should, should stamp a little sticker on there that says recipes, <laughs> James, Beard, James
0: Beard Award <laughs> winner. <laughs> he didn't win mark. i don't
1: think he's just nominated but
0: um. okay. so i think we still deserve that little foil james beard stamp on our book definitely
1: <laughs> uh, mr jeffrey would tie that pizza 10 out of 10 would would try he would yeah of course he would mm-hmm. we'd share it i would share that pizza with mr jeffrey anyway. well, there
0: you go there's your east coast meetup. then you and mr jeffrey go to richmond hop whatever mm-hmm. it's
1: called get some pizza and beer
0: Hey, All the right, Hornets Gregory, are on a
1: streak right now, two, two wins in a row. Yeah? Yeah.
0: I was gonna, yesterday we mentioned Lewis Hamilton and Neat Burger rebranding to Neat. Uh, uh, and I was going to ask you what happened to that fandom. You were like this big F1 racing guy for a week or two. And then I thought, this sounds like the Hornets thing. He's probably decided he was going to be a fan no, of a sport and then no, watched no. a few highlights. I'm
1: still an F1 fan. I'm still an F1 <laughs> <Okay>. fan. Um, <laughs> it's just off-season right now. Uh, big Lewis Hamilton news. Right I've been now. wanting to bring this up.
0: It's been a year since you talked about it. They had to have the season in oh, there. Somehow. Well, I don't
1: know. I mean, I can't talk about F1 all the time. <laughs> but uh, I've been wanting to bring this Lewis Hamilton news up. He's he's leaving uh, Mercedes next year, going to um, going to uh, uh, Ferrari. Um, oh, okay. So that, that's big news.
0: That is. I'm sure it is. Good. Okay. Well, there you go. You've proved it. You still are into it. Good for you. <laughs> Brothers, is two weeks till the 2024 season. She knows too. Ooh, what team are you, brothers? Who's here, your, uh, your team? All right. In the meantime, Gregory Green, I think that's a new commenter. I don't know. Uh, three insightful comments here. It says that the Califia Farm sounds like a version of Fairlife milk. So good. Didn't know about that. Chocolate bunnies were in grocery stores a week ago. Getting ready for <laughs> Easter. And finally, in a struggling economy, it's not surprising. Restaurants have to appeal to the broadest population. And that's exactly what's happening. That's what they're saying is going on here. That they, they just can't. Do it so yeah maybe it's an economics or an economy thing not a collapse of veganism thing and they're just temporarily shifting and at some point in in richer times we'll, we'll move back to the luxury of niche restaurants who knows we'll see all right there's your weather report um didn't leave much time for our discussion which it deserves a little time but we'll see how it goes um the headline from Plant Based News is one that I passed on a week ago. It came out on February seventh, and it's "Stop mm-hmm. using misleading ultra process label," says new report. The term is causing confusion and harming trust in plant-based meats, the report states. So, like I said, I wasn't that interested at first um, because there aren't really new facts here. But then I saw another article today on Green Queen that had some, excuse me, some stats. Uh, that I did find interesting. So I'm going to read those, and then we'll just jump into this discussion. Uh, What happened is a new survey happened uh, by EIT, Food Consumer Observatory, over, I said, 17 countries, almost 10,000 people in the survey. And what they found is that 65% of Europeans believe UPF, that's ultra-processed foods, are unhealthy, and 60% think they're bad for the environment. And when it comes to plant-based meat, their association with ultra-processed or ultra processing deters 54% of Europeans from buying them. So, you know, that, that stat would be magnified in the United States. I think there'd be many more people who won't buy processed or plant-based meats because they're ultra processed. Uh, no one is denying not even in these articles who are defending them, they're not denying that, that these plant-based meats are ultra processed. They definitely fit the definition of being made with, you know, ingredients that aren't found in a standard domestic kitchen, being made for profit, being made in factories. These things are what in, there's different definitions of ultra processed foods, but these things typically uh, are what it entails. Um, there's some confusion though, because people who are buying uh, other ultra processed foods in the same survey, uh, they said they, they don't realize that like plant-based milks, for example, oat milk, uh, or some of the breads they're buying or plant-based cheeses, they, like half as many people are considering those ultra processed foods. So that's the first bit of confusion is that is that the, the meats are ultra processed, but the other plant-based stuff, and even some of the non-plant-based foods, are not ultra-processed. To me, like that, just points to the this this campaign from the meat industry, which is certainly I don't think anyone would deny that there's been one uh, a lot of TV ads and marketing and things about unpronounceable ingredients and things. And generally, they're targeting the plant-based meats. So that that campaign has been effective if you're measuring by you know how much people believe that is that is a uh, ultra-processed food. Right.
1: Yeah. It, it's telling. It's also telling. I would imagine that people don't associate ultra processed meats with ultra processed either. Um, you know, like like bacon and stuff like that. That they would say that's not yeah, like vegan. bacon or or right. some sort of you know salami or something like that. Like that um, they probably don't think of that as being ultra processed in the same way that they think of a plant based meat. But you know, this this is the problem, right? Is that there are a lot of plant based meats. and plant-based meat alternatives that are not very processed, like that are mostly tofu or, you know, of course they are processed. They, uh, to some level, but But not really in the same way. They're
0: still ultra processed foods. That's the thing. And that's, we'll get Mm. to that point in a minute, that the person who's making this argument that, that inspired this plant-based news article is basically saying, uh, the ultra processed label is not very indicative of healthfulness. It tells you that something has some preservatives added to it and was made in a factory, but it, like you just kind of said, Doug, there's there's lots of ranges even within ultra processed foods of of how bad yeah. they are.
1: So what do you think? Does this mean that we shouldn't have a war on ultra processed, or that all ultra processed, even minimally ultra processed, is, <sighs> is bad?
0: Right. That's the big question, and I I don't have a good answer. Um, but that's what this article in Plant Based News is about. It's really it's really worth checking out. Again, it's called "Stop Using Misleading Ultra Processed Label." Um, the person there is basically saying that. So, I mean, what we know from, from some of the recent research that is pro health benefits or, or I guess pro plant-based meats, as far as health goes, uh, that plant-based meat UPFs are not linked, at least in the one study, uh, to these long-term illnesses like cardiovascular disease, I think diabetes, and maybe certain cancers. They just didn't have the link that, that processed other, that other types of processed foods do. So that's, that's a nice positive thing for an argument. Uh, we've also seen that swap meat study that Christopher Gardner did where they compared regular meat to beyond meat. It was sponsored by beyond meat, this study. So you got to acknowledge that. Um, but he's a pretty good researcher. He's the guy who did the, you are what you eat documentary and the study in that. Um, but anyway, they found there that, that, you know, going on the beyond meat for eight weeks and then going over to the regular meat or vice versa showed that the beyond meat, you know, was, was, you know, in the short term, more associated with positive health changes. Uh, I don't remember exactly what they were, but it's like there are some, there is some evidence that this stuff when you sort of zoom in, is is healthy or, or at least not unhealthy, healthier than meat. Mm-hmm. But then when you kind of back up and say, wouldn't it be better just to have a rule that says like eat the foods that are whole and don't eat the ones that aren't? Like I I guess I feel like we were making really great progress when Michael Pollan put out the On the Voice Dilemma and then uh yeah. whatever that. The follow- up was, the eaters manifesto, I forget exactly what it was called. Um, but he had the eat food, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. He simplified things. He said, don't eat anything your grandmother wouldn't recognize as food. Don't eat anything that has more than five ingredients in it, et cetera, et cetera. And to me, like that still kind of rings true is like the closest we've had to really good health advice that everyone can understand and it's simple and like it's doesn't sound too hard to actually do and kind of sounds appealing. It doesn't sound like a big restrictive diet you have to follow. Like, I thought that was the beginning of us getting it when it comes to food. This, this person is arguing basically that's not right. And like, just because something's processed doesn't mean it's bad. These things can still be part of our diets. Uh, And more importantly, I think they have to be that, that it is classist and a bunch of other things, adjectives to, you know, say that everyone should cook their own food and just eat ultra processed things. When the reality is that people are, have to eat processed foods. So let's stop saying ultra processed is unhealthy and let's distinguish between what's good and bad ultra processed.
1: Yeah. But how do you do that? I mean, that's like almost impossible to do, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, long-term studies, like the thing that said plant-based ultra processed foods are not, are not associated with long-term cardiovascular disease, cancer. It's just, I have trouble believing that like one study that says that, I mean, I didn't look that, I guess I did at the time. I don't remember how long a term that study was done over. Uh, It just seems like the stuff's all too new to really, to really believe that. Uh,
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. So like, yeah, hundreds of years from now, we might be able to say, okay, we can see that this stuff actually doesn't, is not an unhealthy thing. And then we can believe it, but I don't, what to do now? I don't know. But I mean, like, don't
1: you think there has to be a way to kind of categorize the ultra processed foods? Um, yeah, I mean, there's so there's there's whole and then there's minimally processed, which is like tofu, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then there's ultra processed, which would be anything from a Beyond Burger or an Oreo to, um, I, don't, I mean, I don't know, like a tofurky thing that's just mostly tofu, but has some flavors added and some preservatives added, right. Right? right? And to me, there's a really big difference there. There's something that has a whole bunch of fat, added fat, and a whole bunch of added sodium and all this other stuff. um, That is hard to argue that that is a health food, it might be healthier than the meat alternative or the meat version. Um, Mm -hmm. And you know, you could argue that and and I would probably agree with you. But it's hard to argue that that is a health food. Um, Whereas something that is, you know, is still labeled ultra processed or considered ultra processed, um, but is much less processed has a lot less of the added fat added sodium added uh, preservatives, even if it has some um, like that, I could you i would say is a health food uh, or certainly healthier than the than the meat version yeah um and so i mean there has to be a way for us to be able to differentiate between the two right because uh, if you label all plant meat or all plant-based products that you know that aren't natural and whole food as ultra processed then i get it i get why people would want to stay away from that because ultra process is being demonized so much um and associated as as plant-based news is saying that people say ultra processed plant meats, ultra processed plant meats, you know, like the, those two words now go with plant meats all the time. You see that? Mm-hmm. Ever?
0: Yep. Yeah, I I think I'm with you there. I think if, I mean, it, it's not hard to imagine there'd be certainly lots of arguing over it, but it's not hard to imagine some sort of numerical score that would be given to the foods based on all these things. You look at long-term studies of, you know, different things and how processed something is. Uh, so, you know, that, that gets a say in the score. You also get the, the like actual, you know, much more basic, look at the nutrition facts of the thing. And what do we know about high carb, high fat things compared to others? Like I said, there's gonna be plenty of argument about that, but you could think they could, they could make a little scale, an index that says how, and then start to study that. Um, and then, and then also help people make healthy choices, right? Like assign the red light, yellow light, green light system, based on the score within there. Uh, and that's not as nice as don't eat it if your grandmother wouldn't have eaten it, but if it's donated as a red light, uh you know that you can imagine that being perhaps a more practical solution for people who who really can't Mm -hmm. manage to to not eat anything that their grandmother wouldn't eat yeah so yeah I, i think that's a good point
1: but then you know mr jeffrey also makes a good point here my grandmother wouldn't recognize an avocado but would recognize oreos she passed in 97. my grandmother was probably the same way she passed in 94. um and uh you know i think that like there's there is this over demonization I've been thinking a lot about this, about you know, like optimal longevity, like the what is the very best thing I can do for my health span versus, mm-hmm. like, what doesn't really matter that much, you know, like how can I live my life to where I'm, I'm, I'm taking, you know, I'm, I'm really promoting a, a longevity lifestyle, but, um, you know, but I'm also not like obsessing over little things that aren't going to make a huge difference, like eating an Oreo once a week or whatever, right. um, And you know. Uh, right? Like ultra processed foods can always fit into, in my opinion, can fit into a healthy lifestyle. Uh, just as long as they're not, you know, it's not hundred percent of your diet and, or even a, the majority of your diet. But, um, you know, but I, I think that plant-based news or whoever wrote the article is probably right. That like, that's coming from a place of privilege being able to have access to a bunch of different foods and whole foods and fresh vegetables and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, know i don't know how i don't know how beneficial it is to demonize all ultra processed foods versus being able to um you know talk about which ones are better for you and and talk about how to use them in a way that um that can be helpful
0: yeah right and that's a good point that this i mean this gets into like i mean because i don't know for, for me personally like i i guess i'm gonna go on believing that that in general ultra processed foods are not healthy Um, but I also recognize that like from a public health point of view, that's probably not a a reasonable message to tell people if everyone thinks this is the only way to eat going forward, the only practical way we can eat, uh, in a way that's also sustainable, uh, and affordable going forward, then, then, you know, it, it's not that helpful to tell people that don't eat anything. Your grandmother wouldn't have recognized or your great grandmother, if Mr. Jeffy prefers that one. Cause I do think the grandmother thing gets, it's actually too recent uh, for most people, uh, our age now when you talk about their grandmothers cuz you're right oreos were around by then uh and so were a lot of other junk foods so there you go no uh no conclusion i guess hello to Garuda legends who's just showed up uh Garuda we missed it would have been would have been good to have your opinion on the processed meat, meat stories and the cultivated meat stories cuz we've, we've that has disappeared from menus and uh i don't know if i can say what garuda's take is on cultivated meat i can guess what it would be but i don't know if i have seen him express that uh so anyway We'll be back tomorrow. Hope you will too, Garuda, and everyone else, and everyone else, <laughs> everyone else as well. Um, yeah. Anything else? Gregory Green points out one more time. Again, thanks for the comments, Gregory Green. Plant meats are stuck in the middle. Uh, vegans look down at it, and non-vegans will never be satisfied with it. Who's left for a market? Uh, yeah. I mean, we've had that discussion a lot. We don't. I don't. I don't know what the future of this plant-based meat, this type of meat, is. Um, because of issues like this, uh, we don't know who, who actually wants it. And it, it looks like not that many people. On that positive note, uh, we're going to go. Doug, any, yeah? yeah, you already told me your Valentine's plan. So I hope you enjoy your Valentine's Day. Uh, hope your daughters aren't too upset that they don't get little hearts like the rest of their friends probably have because their dad didn't wait to the last minute to go get the stuff. Um, you're going to need to dress up as Turbo Man and save the day. <laughs> That's how you'll that's how you win the love back.
1: Okay. Well, I got a lot of work to do. I got a lot, of, a lot to figure out. So we better wrap this up. <laughs> okay. Uh I I did um I forgot. I got a message from Emory. We were talking about her yesterday. Um Yeah.
0: But Oh yeah, where she, she went, Yeah.
1: Yeah, how whether she was influenced by Forks over knives and how she went plant-based. Uh, and she wrote me. She said she's in Connecticut visiting her parents. She's not watching but uh I came to a plant-based diet after I was injured from a vaccine and and went to a functional medical medicine doctor. He put me on a whole food plant-based diet and then never went back. I didn't start watching documentaries until after I started working with him. I knew nothing about the whole food plant-based diet until I met hmm. him, so there you go. Okay,
0: there it is. All right, good. Um, That's it. All Thanks right. for coming, everyone. Thanks for the comments. As always, this was fun, continues to be fun. Tomorrow's Thursday, so it will be even more fun. Uh, and then we're out of here. And then we haven't talked about it, three-day weekend, I think, right? for our company we're off Monday
1: we are that's right I forgot about that
0: so you only had I think you only did have one week of no you had two weeks of work two weeks two but only one where you weren't headed into a three-day weekend so it was a this was a full week but it's a different full week because you're headed into three-day weekend
1: and I've got a good weekend I got a good weekend ahead of me oh
0: yeah okay well you can tell us about it tomorrow because that'll that'll, that'll get (laughs) us that'll kick us off and get the show going all
1: right uh yep thanks everybody okay
0: goodbye